What do I always tell you guys? You do not get to see a rainbow without having to fight through some rain first, right? I want to start with this. Thank God for Google, because I needed a stat, and of course Google had it. I wanted to know how many pizza shops there are in America. So according to Statista, which apparently researches this kind of thing, as of last year, there were 76,993 pizza restaurants across the United States. Seven of them are owned by a man whose story I absolutely need you to hear. Not only did he arrive in this country in 2001 speaking no English, which is 240 bucks in his pocket, he knew absolutely no one here and spent 96 nights at the Bowery Mission homeless shelter in the heart of New York City's Skid Row. He was just 21 years old. So how did Haki Agdeniz, a Kurdish kid from Turkey, go from a homeless shelter to founding one of the most popular pizza shop chains in Manhattan? So this is a story that will leave you in awe of the human spirit. And that's why Haki is my guest on Everyone Talks to Liz. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're thrilled to have you. First of all, let's get this out of the way. I'm a thin crust girl. Okay. Actually, we, we make a thin crust. Okay. It's got to be thin and crispy, and I need to be able to hold it like a dish and it stays straight. Perfectly. That's, <laughs> okay. that's what we are. That's what we are. That's exactly yeah, what yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah. You were born in Turkey to Kurdish parents. Tell us about the village you grew up in, because I want to start how this all began. Um, actually, uh, my the place we grew up is not too big city. It's called Silvan. And uh, my parents, uh, they always say, you know, like, you, the kids from, you know, rich family. We were not rich. <laughs> uh, we, my father, he was doing delivery. We know he have like horse and he have like a smaller car behind horse. He was a, I don't know how you call it in English, that one. Uh, he was just delivering like, you know, like sugar, oil sure. for the home, people, the house, yeah. By horse and cart? Yeah, by horse and cart, yeah. Did you have electricity, running water? Oh, no, 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 no. Just uh, the horse, you know, like uh, push the car. Yeah. How young were you when you started to work? Uh, age nine. Because I didn't go to school. I dropped like in third grade. Why did you drop out? Because I was helping for my father a lot. And I was not too good in school. I was not too smart, I guess. And I was good and, you know, doing and street selling Hustling. candies. Hustling, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, I was doing that uh, selling candy stuff on the street. Okay, so that was one of the types of jobs you did? You'd sell candy? What else? Uh, shine, sh- no, shine shoes. Like, you know, like do, doing like uh, shine like people's shoes and uh, sell a uh, Turkish lahmacun. is like Turkish pizza, think crust. I work in bakery age 10 until like age 14. So and that's sort of where you learned how to bake. That's right. Yeah. Why was the onus or the weight on you to help provide for the family at such a young age? I mean, and back at home, most of the people... When their parents, they're not rich. That's why, you know, like you have to work. And as a two, either you got to go to school or you got to work for your parents. And I was not too good and we need money, so I have to go work. One of the things that you did to make money, as you say, was to start to sell food on street corners. What was your specialty? Uh, I was always happy with the people, kids mm-hmm. and people that love me. They loved you. So yeah. it was almost the way you sold versus what you sold. I guess so, yeah. You got quite good at it, I guess, which led your parents to think, what, our son needs a chance at a better life? So what did they do? Uh, 
you know, like an age for 15, and I told uh, my dad, I want to go like big city to make more money and send you guys, which is Istanbul, like big city, mm-hmm. Ankara. Uh, my parents say, no, like you cannot go because you're doing good over here. You should not go. And later on, my brother in Canada, I was, you know, he went to Canada first. And we talked to him and he said, no, like I will take you to Canada. Were you nervous to head to a country where you didn't speak the language? Uh, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you, you actually went to Montreal. I mean, the, I did. the official language of Quebec is French. It's French. Did you speak French? I don't. No, no. I, I don't even speak Turkish. My Like I said, I go to school in just like two and a half years, mm-hmm. less than three years. So I learned Turkish a little bit, but now I speak very well Turkish. So in Canada, the French, it was new language for me, mm-hmm. and it was very difficult what you learn? Did yeah. you get to be sort of fluent in French by living nah, there? Nah, nah. Just Not like even close. Four years, yeah. I was working behind the kitchen with my brother. Right. Everybody speaks Kurdish and Turkish, so I don't have the opportunity to go to school and learn. Well, how was the process of learning to make a pizza there? I mean, making sure the sauce was seasoned correctly, the crust wasn't so thin or so thick the way they wanted it there. What were some of the pizza-making lessons you learned at this this place where your brother was working, can I be honest? I don't learn nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did, but I did learn something from my brother over mm-hmm. there. But I become like a pizza master. That's not how they make us become pizza master in Canada. Because if you want to be like you not know, like one of the you know you call yourself like pizza legend, which is I'm not I'm not gonna call myself pizza legend. There's so many people there. Mm-hmm. They've been doing business for like fifty years, sixty years. But uh, I always want to do my best to become the best. And I try to make, like, right now I'm using, like, organic sauce to more healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm using flour, like, which is, like, 65% hydration. It's, like, 65% just water under my dough. And I, I try to make, like, less sugar. So I don't use too much yeast. I use a very little yeast. But I make a way to make, like, you know, rice very well. I don't use a salt on anything on my dough. And my sauce. Okay, I, I use a lot, so, a lot of you know different like Parmesan ish. Right. He's saying he didn't he didn't learn anything. Let me tell you something. We're going to get to the now he owns seven stores here in New York City. But you must have learned something there where you got confident enough to actually buy a one way bus ticket to New York on January twenty eighth two thousand one, which is when you arrived. What gave you the courage to head here? Uh, I went to Canada uh, with a huge dream, but you know, like sometimes you dream it doesn't come true, and um, I couldn't get the green card over there, and I have to leave the country. Yeah, yeah, and then I just move over here. But you could have come anywhere in America, of all places, New York City. I mean, just so you know, oh, I have with... a story actually for that. Okay, yeah, yeah because yeah, yeah. L- yeah. let me just say that's a yeah. gutsy thing to do. I, I mean, for my career, I had to start on air in Columbus, Ohio, then Cleveland, then Boston, before I ever made it here. I mean, this is incredible. What's your story? Well, the reason, yeah, I come to New York City. Uh, one of my brother friend, uh, he's Turkish. Uh, I'm not gonna say his name. Uh, because every time I say his name, he get hurt, which is, I'm not saying it. Um, so he was going to, I was, when I come here in 2001, I was going to go stay in his house. Mm-hmm. He, he, he used to come to Canada, visit my brother. I see. And all the time he said, when he come to New York, past like before I was going to come here six months before that, he told me, just call me and you come stay with me and I get your job. 
you know, until you make everything perfect. Then when I come here, I stay in bus station for like, first day when I come, I call him. He said, call me in two hours. And two hours later, I call him. He said, give me another call. So keep, give me hope, like until like, you no, know, like midnight, mm-hmm. like maybe until 12. So I wait over that. I don't go nowhere. I say, he may come. So I stay in station until next day. So the next day, I call him again, like 8.31. He said, come on, man, it's too early. So I hang up. Oh. I call him again all day, just like that. Right. Keep calling, call him until like next day. I call him again. Then he says something, but he said, come on, what kind of person? You keep calling me, calling me. He hang up the phone. The moment he hang up, I say, you know what? He's not going to come pick me up. Oh. And, but it's okay. I'm so happy that he didn't pick me up, actually. Because if he picked me up, I will not be here today. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Okay, no, so, okay. so there's th- the next cloud burst yeah. of rain that hockey had to go through. I mean, are you guys understanding you land in New York City at the bus station and the one person who spoke your language and who could help you completely backpedals? Uh, okay, so let me just also describe this. January 2001 was a particularly bitter cold month. It was very cold. I looked it up on Weather Underground, which has all these statistics – because I'm a nerdy reporter and I research. <laughs> the day you arrived on the 28th, it was 22 degrees. What did you do once you realized this one shred of hope had fallen through? Actually, the day I come here, I didn't go out. I stay in station for like two and a half days. I didn't go out and on 42nd, 8th Avenue, 42nd Street. Mm-hmm. So the day I come, I don't know how cold it was. But the day I went out, it was freezing. I remember that. So like uh, I would say like February 1st when I went out. It was cold. It was really, really cold. What do you remember of those first 48 hours where you got out on the street and thought, what am I going to do? You know, the life is always is challenging. So like a, like I told you, I come with you with a big dream. I tell you, you know, like I'm going to come, I'm going to have a house. I'm going to stay with him. He's going to find a job for me. And he always, when he come there, oh, you're very fast pizza, man. You're really good. If you come to New York, you will make like over a thousand a week which is like 4000 a month. I said, wow, that's a lot of money. I will make 48000 yearly. And in Canada, you make like 15000 I said, that's huge money. So I always calculate money, you know, like, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to make money, open my pizza with you. I always have the dream to open my business. So it sounded like you didn't look 10 inches in front of you. You almost looked 10 years out and thought, it'll work out. I always, I always look for tomorrow. Okay, but... The next thing you know, you end up at the Bowery Mission, which is really one of the most (laughs) well-known homeless shelters in New York City and state. (laughs) Ninety-six days you spent there. Yeah. Well, before I went uh, station, I I did have money with me, Mm -hmm. like 240. But uh, when I stay in a motel, when my money finished, I didn't go to shelter directly, so mm-hmm. I stayed in train before I go to shelter. You rode the subways? Yeah, yeah, subway. So I used to take a train to the second, you know, like second or third, mm-hmm. first, or like sixth train to go all the way uptown to all the way seaport, nighttime. And daytime, I was just walking out. Mm-hmm. And when my money finished, then I went by the mission. I didn't go directly. My, I stayed in uh, like street for like almost like eight days in train station. Let's fast forward through that. Are you learning any English in the shelter? I did a couple words, yeah. I learned, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, uh, because I don't, like, I don't eat pork. I used to, like, no pork, Mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, how are you? Yes. Mm -hmm. Some words, I learned a couple words over there. Well. But they were good people. They were so nice to me. So nice to me. Believe it or not, even one guy still over there. uh, His name, uh, James McLean, I guess. Mm -hmm. He's still over there. He's uh, 70-some years old. 
he's the most sweetest person. And I still remember him. And I told him to remember me a little bit, but he's, he's, he's such a sweet guy. Well, how did you get your first job then? Uh, the Hoboken. New Jersey? Yeah, yeah, New Jersey, yeah. So there was Turkish pizzeria. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met one Turkish lady at the Bowery Mission. So her husband was army, you know, like the divorce. She have a long story too, mm-hmm. and she ended up in, in shelter. So she helped me actually to find a job for me in Hoboken. We, 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 I go to a couple of places in New York and restaurant, Turkish restaurant, which is, I'm still not going to say name because we're friends right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I go to them. I was looking for a job and, you know, no one give us a job, which is okay. I understand. Uh, and then you know, we went Hoboken and the, the owner was not there. He said, come back six o'clock. Then we went six o'clock and he looked at me, he looked at my shoes, he looked on top of me and he told me, why, why are you like that? And... I don't, I, I don't know what to say. And he said, like, did you hear what I say? Uh, I got a little emotion. I say, you know what? I know, I just, I don't know. Like, you, were, you were dirty. Because it was dirty. I yeah. mean, you stay in shelter. You don't, you know, you take shower just They give you like Tuesday and a Friday mm-hmm. for like 20 minutes. Right. And there's a lot of people. But I was in program for three-month program. Right. So the people, you know, like they come from outside the, tech sh- the home, like homeless on the street. Mm-hmm. They come take shower. So you don't have too much time. And it just, I didn't take shower for like a month. And he saw me, I was like, un, you know, clean. Yes, and, sure. But I, which I hate when people, they judge you the way you look. And he judged me that moment. But until he, he know me, right now he's my best friend. And I love oh. him till that, yeah. Oh. So the day, you know, he gave me a job. I, he gave me a job. He said, you pizza man? I said, yes. Yeah. So I opened pizza. I opened, I put pizza in the oven and mm-hmm. the pizza rolled it. So I, I couldn't make it. I was so nervous. I make another one, I, I couldn't make it again. So he told me, you call yourself a pizza man? I said, I am a pizza man, but because you're nervous. Then, you know, like he told me, no, no, go downstairs and just, you know, he told the manager, make him a dishwasher oh, as okay. a helper. So you started so I said the dishwasher downstairs, yeah. And then the first night, they went home, you know, so like, it's like four in the morning, everybody go home. <laughs> I couldn't go to shelter, so I got, you know, I don't know how to come back in New York. Because the first time I take a train to go Hoboken. Sure. And I don't know how to come back. And then, you know, like, I just wait outside the bench and I sleep over there. You slept on the street bench. And bench, yeah. Then I, yeah. Which, you know, like, because it's not too, tough for me. All right. Are you guys getting this? Now is another cloud burst. And then he can't. Still the have next, nowhere to live. Next day I start. I woke like 6 p.m. again. Mm-hmm. And it was weekend. And I told the manager over there, I said, you know, like, I'm so tired. Can I sleep over here tonight? He said, no, you know, if you sleep, then the owner's going to, you know, be mad and he's going to fire me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get that risk. Well, and then I sleep again outside. Okay. I don't know how to come back about the mission. I tell the manager, you know, like, how can I go to mm-hmm. New York City? Because that, so I take the train. It was, I, I got lost. You take a Hoboken train to come like, uh, you know, to, to I went 34 shift from 34 shift. I take another train to go away to Bowery and Prince Street and train. So I got lost, you know, and then, then I told the owner and they find a place for me. I become super all the building. Superintendent. Yeah. So that, folks, for those of you who don't live in Manhattan or in a big building, it's somebody who's like a handyman. Actually, was a handyman, but a help handyman. I was not main super, I was helping super. You were the assistant to the assistant. Yeah, so he got gave it. me a place to stay in, 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 in a basement and sunny side. So I stayed basement, like boiler room. Yes. But it was not cold, it was very good. And I stayed with that for like almost like eight, nine months. I don't pay rent. I just help the guy clean the building, take the garbage out, 
and I don't pay any rent, and I save money over there a little while. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But it was good. For me, it was hotel. Well, now I just need to know, because, you know, you, you did start to make pizzas at this particular restaurant, did you not? How did you get your shot? On Hoboken? Yes. Actually, no, the pizza man, one day he didn't show up, and he got, I guess he was drunk, something happened. <laughs> and my boss, he was like nervous. He just moved around, moved around, and mm-hmm. he got nervous. He tried to make a pizza, and I would just look at him, and I don't know what to say. And I was so scared to tell him, you know, I'm a pizza man. Let me. Yeah, let me make a pizza. And he's very, like, mean face. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, like, he, I guess, you know, like, he has something. And outside, he have to go outside to do something. I don't remember what he was. Yeah. Oh, I think he was, like... Uh, the delivery guy come to pick up the delivery by the car. Okay. So he take the pizza to outside, and when he goes, so I just make a pizza, and when he come, I was I was I I know how to spin a pizza in Canada too. One right. only right. one trick it, and he look at me, so I make a pizza, and then I make another one, and he didn't say nothing. He just quiet. He just watch me. Then I make a pizza, and then I look at him. I tell him, I say, I'm a pizza man. I swear to you, I'm just nervous. <laughs> the first day, you didn't give me a chance, and then I become pizza man that day. I watch a lot of videos of you doing pizza acrobats. You guys, we're going to put these up on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Liz because it is possibly the most amazing food-making talent I have ever seen. When did you get into the actual tricks? Because I'm not, I mean, you guys have got to see this. You do tricks where you're breakdancing and spinning the pizza, which is on fire, how how did you learn these? How did you come up with these? Uh, in 2005, I won a pizza competition. Steve Green, he uh, founder of the PMQ, he uh, came and 44 sheet, the place I used to work in 2005. So he told me there's a pizza competition in Javits Center. And I said, pizza competition? Really? Because my English was very bad. Mm-hmm. Imagine how bad it was before. Even right now, I'm not speaking. You sound fantastic. Oh, thank you. It does mean a lot. But very I, few I don't Americans could <laughs> land in Turkey and speak Kurdish. Okay, yeah. let's just Which be honest. Is, okay. So he gave me a ticket. He said, no, like, we, I'm going to just show a card. And he gave me a ticket. I went over there. And there were 93 pizza men. So I, I compete. And I lost. I got 87th place. <gasps> I was very bad. Okay. But what I did, and I saw the people, they were very good. And I come, I talk to my boss. I tell him, I want to, you know, I want to take one dough, if you don't mind. Every day, one dough, take home. I want to just to practice for next year. I want to, you know, I want to do better. I promise you. He said, listen, there was 93 people and you get 87th place. And you told me you're going to win first place. I say, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I believe myself. I'm very fast. Just, you know, let me take one dough, Okay. And then I said, you know, like the dog costs maybe $2 a day. So at the end of the month, I told the boss, you know, like, if you want to take like $50, $60 money for my pocket, you know, for my check, because I take the dough, piece of dough every day. Sure. He said, no, no, you love what you do, just do, okay? He laughed. And, you know, like the next day we went to Orlando and I won like, you know, like first place. Oh. Yeah. My. Then, you know, like in 2010, I won like a championship. Like I won like, which is like, I don't, I, people from all over, Italy, England, Spain, Canada, Puerto Rico, all of But you know what? Like I say, in life, I always say, you know what? It's not about a how smart you are, whatever, how big or how small, whatever you are. You just, you should not give up. Believe yourself. And if you believe it, you're going to achieve it. You are yeah. living proof of that. Yeah. You got some savings. 
from winning all of these prizes and working, and you decide it's time to buy a pizza counter of your own. Actually, you know what? We, uh, in 2006, we were going to buy pizza because me and my best friend, we, we live together mm-hmm. in the place I work in, in, in Times Square. My best friend, which is like, you know, like, uh, I buy the sandwich, I take them home, we will share. Uh, like, let's say I'm going to buy soda. We were a huge fan of McDonald's because it was cheap food. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we were buy like, you know, like halal guy, you know, like $5 yeah. bowl. And uh, whatever he buy, he brought for me. And whatever I buy, we were sharing, like best friends. So we said- Also save, Kurdish? Uh, he's, t- yeah. Yes. yes. He, he's, he's Turkish. Turkish. Yeah. Okay. So we were working together and like, I'm talking best friends. So we save our money and we want to open pizza shop. So from 2004, uh, 2004 to 2000, like almost beginning of 17, end of 2016. So we save our money and about dollars $70,000, me and him. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we find a place we want to open. And then, you know, like uh, I told my boss, you know, like we can open pizza here. Would you give us some, you know, suggestion? What should we do? He said, listen, you guys be together. Work so hard. Get only one, one uh, worker. Right. And just you guys going to make it. And I give him a hug. I said, thank you for your support. Thank you for your help. So I told my partner, see what? He, he, he's going to help us too. Then two days later, I go home. Like he worked like nighttime. I work daytime. And I go home and I get a, I get chicken cousin for him. He loved the chicken. Yeah. So I make chicken cousin. I go home and I open the door. I just, I see like the, the, the couch, you know, the couch is open because we hide our own money over there. And he stole all the, he ran away. Are you kidding? Yeah, me? yeah. And uh <laughs> So I sit down and my best friend, my best friend, like I'm told, like we still like, I just want him like today, come, just, just give me a hug. Money is not everything, you know. It still hurts you very much, obviously. Uh, Years it, later, you must have been stunned. I don't cry for money. Money is, I always say money is nothing because money is a trend. We're going to have money today. We're not going to have money tomorrow. But humanitarian is a friendship. It should be always together. Did you ever see him again? Never. I just want to see him give him You are now enduring a lot of rain and no rainbows. So what did you do at that point? I cry, I cry a lot because I always want to like, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. This is good for people to hear, Haki, because everyone looks at you and says, oh, he owns seven pizza shops. I I, I mean, I want you, we'll put pictures up of you. You are wearing a gorgeous three-piece suit, beautiful tie. You have a wonderful life now. You make a lot of money, but your heart is still wounded from something like this. And yet you were able to look at that moment and keep going where 99% of the world would have given up. Look, I always say we should not give up. Whatever we do in our life, we cannot give up. Because A, the moment you give up and anything... That's me. You don't live for something. And I always want to live, you know, like to be kindness for others. And I live for my mom. I was my mom saying, you know what? 
don't hurt people's feelings. Right. Because someone's going to hurt her feeling, and I'm going to see that. So like, as a karma, I always believe in karma. I'm, I'm not a religion person. I, I believe in God. I believe everything, but I believe in karma. At this moment, whatever I wish for you, I swear you wish the same thing for me. It doesn't matter. Whatever we do for anyone, like people, they say, you know, like, if we know that we all get to die tomorrow, we all going to be like angel. We all going to be so nice. If we know that we're gonna die tomorrow, because we all angel, but we don't know how angel we are. We don't appreciate. Right. We are thankful. We're not grateful what we have. Million of people, they wanna be just like us today, which is they are, but they don't know they can. And we just, we just gonna be thankful. So many million of people, they don't even have water yet. They, they don't have electricity yet. So you. You were able to make your way through this horrific setback because you simply looked at others and realized, whatever little I have, it's more than other people. I want to now get to the good part. (laughs) You did open a pizza counter on the Lower East Side, and from there, another one and another one and another one. They are called Champion Pizza. Why Champion? Well, the first pizza we I open, uh, I call it Rivington Pizza. Uh-huh. Yeah, and later on, you know, like uh, people tell me, you know what? Because I Rivington on Main Street, the Lower East Side. So then I switched to Hockey Pizza. Hockey, and after your name, hockey. yeah, I, I say no, like I, I love the name. I just want to put Hockey. Hockey is my truth. Truth, real, like, no, do not take anybody like money, hockey. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is, my name. And uh, when I won championship in 2010, and I say, you know what? I opened my second place on Essex, and that's what I put that one on champion pizza. So the first pizza with the name, it was not champion. The second one, I put a champion. And uh, the first one, when I bought it, it was, I don't just bought it and I become like success as today. Of course not. Uh, when I bought it, I bought it for 85000 And I have only like 45000 I give the guy like, uh, I think it was like 42000 I give it to him. So every month I'm going to give 5000 like a mortgage. Sure. And uh, the two months I was not busy. I was like, people, I guess they were not welcoming me right. for the neighbor. Italian guys, old men working behind the counter. Everybody know him. And when he left... Turkish guy gonna make pizza in yeah. Lower East Side, and it was yeah. <laughs> so I was busy for two weeks. Then after two weeks, my business it was go down. So I was not busy, and uh, little by little, and it just I couldn't make. And the the owner come to me. He said, "Listen, if you give my the money that you owe me, you better pay me like next month." And he got a little bit angry, pissed. Okay, yeah. Which is I give him credit. I have to give him of his course. money. So I was not able to give money and. I say, you know what? I just woke me and one person woke in place. Right. I used to sleep in my pizzeria, believe it or not, I swear to you. Sleep on my pizza shop five days a week. Two days I used to go sleep in my friend's house, my, my girlfriend of mine. And I just go take a shower at his house and I sleep because the reason I was sleep over there because I don't have money to pay payroll to another workers. Me, we were four guys. I let two guys go, just me and one guy just to try to survive. And then in April, when I won the championship, they put me in cover magazine, PMQ magazine. So when they send me magazine, and this magazine I put out on the top table. Oh, yeah? So I thought the kids, they're going to come. They're going to like it. After you know, school. Kids yeah, yeah, after, after school. school. Yeah, because I'm right next to PS 
140 and PS 142. Public school. Yes, public. Mm -hmm. So, and then later on, you know, like uh, I tried to change my garbage, you know, the garbage. I look it up, there's no magazine on the table. And I told the guys, I said, what did you pick up those magazines? I didn't pick up. I said, what happened? So they, all the kids, they take all the magazine. Oh. But they sent me a lot of copies. So I put it back again. And the kids, they take it again. So I said, okay, wait, the kids, they love the magazine. Because I was uncovered. Right, right. So I went to front of school. And I just, you know, give the kids, I just give them, give them, give them all the magazine to them. Okay. And then later, you know, like two, three days later, those kids, they used to come to me. And the first, I, I'll never forget that. She told me, you know, like, could you give me an autograph? <laughs> and I don't know what's me autograph, yeah. So then, you know, like, I I look her up and she, you know, sign, okay. Then, oh, okay. I sign. And uh, I, gave, I put her name. I say, you know, like, I wish you the best luck. And, uh. Later, I know, like, kids, they come take a picture. That time it was selfie, just like it was, like, new-ish. Sure. Yeah, it was, like, kids, they used to come take selfie. And just my business, you know what? Took off. Like, yeah, just, like, Aww. in one month, it was just, like, booming. I have big line in front of my store. Folks, he now has a pizza shop, Champion Pizza, in one of the most expensive areas of New York City, and that is Columbus Circle, 57th Street and Columbus Circle, among others. You've got two in Soho, one in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Just fascinating. 14th Fifth Avenue. Yep. That's huge rent over there. And yet you never forgot about those nights in the homeless shelter. So this is where I find it so fascinating (laughs) and touching. Twice a week... Every single week for years now, you go and you give pizza at the homeless shelters. I mean, we should not forget where we come from. Because if you forget where we come from, we're going to forget where we're going to go to. So I I always say, you know, like I tell even my son, I say, son, you know what? You are 16 right now and I want you to be just be good human. You're going to be very good at school. Remember that because you're going to be really good. How you said that? Listen, you're going to be really good at school, but. You're gonna be. You can have a lot of money, but remember your father. How I started. Do not ever show off like what we have. What we, you know, don't because some people they don't have it. And if you show off like what we have, you're gonna hurt those feelings. People they wish they want to have it, and maybe they can't. So we should not forget where we come from in life. Your theory is living through giving, right? One hundred percent. Where did you get? your persistence and your never-give-up attitude, where did that come from? The bad day, bad day of my life. Because I tell you, no, the one point, I don't have like a dollar to buy one slice. And when people give us like slice or like something, just, you know, to make us like, like and I run from a Bowery mission, you know, like, because you don't stay over there like 24-7. Right. You have to be there before like 10 p.m. And in the morning, you cannot leave before 5 a.m. So daytime, you know, like, you don't stay in shelter all day. So I used to go outside, sit down, and, you know, when you're dirty and people just pass by, they give you, like, kind of soda or anything. It just, it make you day. And those days, and I couldn't forget it. They gave you hope. Yeah, yeah, they always give you hope. And we, you know, you know what we used to do, Liz? We used to go, me and there was, like, another Asian lady. We used to go recycle, like, the cans and to sell it. You know, like, I used to recycle maybe, like, 50, 100 pieces so like $5 or $7, $10, just, you know, I used to smoke cigarette a lot and just go buy a cigarette and for day living, you know, and even you stay in shelter, you still have a, like at least like $10 a day, you know, because you need it. And that's what I was doing for a living. You know, you're Kurdish. I am. 
Kurtz have been in the news lately, but I never assume that people know all the terms that we throw around in the news. So Kurds, as we understand it, are an Iranian ethnic group native to a mountainous region in Western Asia known as Kurdistan, which spans southeastern Turkey, northwestern Iran, northern Iraq, northern Syria. But there's no country that uh, Kurds can really call their own. Um, you know, your people have been so brave and loyal as allies to the United States over all these years. What is it about the culture that you can impart to our listeners right now that they may not know about, but that they should know about the Kurds? Well, I mean, and the Kurdish people, uh, my parents, they still not speak even one word Turkish. So in Turkey, you know, like, uh, we have to learn Turkish. You know, I mean, as our, you know, like main language and everything. But uh, Turkish culture is a, I think is a very important, it's the oldest culture, I believe. You know, it's like almost like 600,000 years old culture is. For Kurds. Yeah, for Kurds, yeah. Mm -hmm. But they never have their own uh, country. Uh, right now, it's almost like a 40 million Kurds in internationally, but they say like 27 million. Do you still have friends and family back home? Oh, yeah, I do. I do. Your mom is still there? My mom, she still live in um, Silvan. Uh, my my brother, all of them, they live in Turkey. We all, you know, like, we, we Turkish shows. Well, you know. many were imperiled recently when President Trump decided to support Turkey in waging war in Syria against the U.S. allied Kurds. How difficult has it been for you watching the news reports about that? I don't find, I know, like, uh, when it comes to politics, I just always, you know, like, step back. Yeah, people, they tell me, you know, like, why don't you talk about politics and I don't know. Just when when I talk about politics and people, they 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 write bad review like from me, my personally curse and my family and so you just stay away. From I them. always want to just be silent that, but because they curse like like a wife and mom, and I don't want people curse my mom. Well, of course not. They do, you know. You are now an American citizen. You are a living, breathing example of the American dream. But it is important for people to understand that at no point did you ever give up. What would you say to people who are struggling right now to make ends meet or struggling to achieve a personal professional dream as you did? What would you say to them right now? Well, I mean, every person, you know, a lot of people, they're struggling. There's not only one, a lot of million people, maybe they struggle. But I always say all the struggle we go through is a temporary because a the moment you say, you know, like, oh, I'm struggling, you know, like I broke up with my girlfriend and that's it, you know, like I go just do bad thing myself. No. There's a lot of beautiful girls that you're going to meet them. They will be better than that girl. Or there's a lot of uh, girls, they lost their boyfriend, they, they broke up or they get cheated. Something happened and they said today's the end and I'm going to go hurt myself and do bad. And no, 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 no. There's a reason for that. It's okay. Just say, thank God that I broke up today and he did that. It's okay because you're going to find beautiful men better than him. More nice and more gentle, more like it will be better life for you tomorrow. And... All the struggle we go through, I always say, it's temporary. Yeah, it just, just believe in God. Believe, you know, believe in God and make sure, be kindness. Love, love, love is a very important, the word. We just say, I love you. Don't fake it. Be real. When you say, I love you, just love everyone. Every love, love your friend, love your brother, love your mom, love your food, love your job. Love your clothes, love yourself. <laughs> Lots just, of love. <laughs> yeah, love is a very important. We just, by true love, just love it and believe the love. Haki, 
yours is one of the best stories we've gotten to tell here on Everyone Talks to Liz. Thank you so much. No, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm just so blessed. And gang, if you're in New York City, find a champion pizza. They're all over. Stop by and have a slice. And think about the lesson that we've learned from hockey, which is just an amazing one. And we're so grateful to you. Thank you so much. And by the way, I've just decided on National Pizza Day this coming February, you're coming back to be on my show, which is 3 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday on the Fox Business Network. Good deal. Will you come? Definitely. Okay. And I'll have him do some breakdancing and spinning pizza. (laughs) You will be amazed. Thanks so much for listening to Everyone Talks to Liz. Didn't I tell you guys an amazing story that should have all of you thinking if he could do it through all of that rain to get the rainbow, so can I. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.